But yeah, the movie, oh man, this is, I'm so excited because I haven't seen this in so long, is from 1985, Tom Holland's Fright Night. <laughs> <laughs> What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. being scared this could be the night of your life so this is our last pick for pride month kind of an unconventional pick I would we, we we've done nightmare on elm street 2 mm-hmm. we did sleepaway camp mm-hmm. the vampire genre we're assigning a sexuality at some point just doesn't even matter anymore they're kind of asexual Beings, they're kind Very of sensual. They need to move through existence just like as almost as fluidly and as seamlessly as possible. So, okay, so if you want to participate, hit play on your copy. Uh, we'll do our typical paper, rock, scissors, shoot countdown. Welcome to Bitch Watch. Hi, I'm Sly. I'm Witsy. And we're two bitches watching TV. We're a recap and shit talk show. That's right. We watch hours and hours and hours of TV, so you don't have to. You can listen and laugh along with us everywhere you listen to podcasts and find us on Instagram and Twitter at BitchWatchPod. Is our show original? No. Entertaining? We hope so. This is BitchWatch. How's it going, everybody? This is Chewie. And this is Monica. And we are from the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. Where we talk about stuff like horror films, shows, and folk legends. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podchaser. Like us and give us a review. Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. Welcome to Fright Night. This is so crazy. I, one thing I found out about one of the most infamous games to ever be made from a movie is E.T. It was considered like one of the worst video games of all time. So there is a video game, a Fright Night video game. I never, I never even knew this existed and it was made in 1988. So that's like three years after the movie. Um, but instead of playing as the hero, the kid, you play as the villain, Chris Sarandon's uh, Jerry Dandridge, you play as the vampire. And the whole gameplay is you're in your house and you wake up in your coffin in your basement and you have a day to roam around your house and kill whoever's in there. Everyone from the movie is in there. Like they took every character except his familiar. 
didn't even make a, a, a blip on the, the history books of video games, but I don't know. I think that's but very cool nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> well, it also it also says that the the movie had some sort of influential impact to pop culture that it warranted a video game. Yeah, you might as well try. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the guy that designed it, apparently it was his... Um, uh, he, apparently he was like a famous coder or something. He was and for the Amiga, like the is the Commodore yep. 64 system. Uh, his name's Steve Back and graphic artist Pete Leon or Lion. Um, and it was the last game they were they were ever to do. <laughs> the graphics look terrible. And he's like, stock, I was going to say he's, incredible. Oh, and he's like just the way his hands are up, like in yeah. a ghoulish form, and he's walking from room yeah. to room. And Almost there's like a, a, and there's people just chucking crosses at him as he enters rooms. <laughs> As you do for a vampire. Nice suburbia setting. Yeah. Almost like something out of E.T. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting. I what I really like about this movie is that it acknowledges universes that could be created within film. So this is a this is an eighties horror movie paying tribute to hammer horror. Yeah. Like the classic Dracula. It's immerse it's creating characters who are obsessed with hammer style horror. It's almost like it's a movie about us who love horror movies in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like either, you know, it's something that shouldn't be. Is oh my god, music by Brad? I know. Fidel. I know. I was going to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> I just noticed that. I didn't know that. Uh, I got to listen to more of the score now. But yeah, no. When you know something that only exists in the movies, like vampires and the rules of vampires, only exists in the movies. But it, when it, tur- it turns out to be real. And, you know, you got to, like, draw on your love of vampire movies to, like, oh, defeat yeah. the actual vampire. I just love stuff like that. Yes, exactly. And um, the character of Peter Vincent. Yes. Roddy right. McDowell as Peter Vincent. Now, what, what is what is he known for other than... I know he was in... Um, what was that movie? The uh... <sighs> Well, he was in the Planet of the Apes series. 71, 72, 73, 74. Wow, they were like back to back. The Legend of Hell House, 1973. Cool. That's where I remember. I think it was in Class of 1984. That's one I haven't watched yet. Yeah, I think uh, I think that was a... I think that... Tom Holland, the director of this, wrote the screenplay for Class of 1984. I think that's how they... Very cool. They were the connection happened. But yeah, Peter Vincent. So the name, you got Peter Cushing. Yeah. And... and obviously. Vincent Price. Vincent Price. I think he, they even wanted Vincent Price to play Peter Vincent, but um, at the time, he was just apparently so done with horror movies because he's yep. just been so typecasted as an actor. I mean, rightfully so, but he sure. was just not interested. Here we have Amanda Burse as uh, the the girlfriend who went on to go. You know what's what was her name on Married with Children? Anyways, the next door neighbor in Married with Children, Marcy. Marcy. Yeah, Marcy was a good time. Friday night. Ah, <laughs> oh, the virginal. She's so frustrated, and just like ultra horny teenage boy. A, a classic trope of 80s movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is 1985. We've already set up sex equals death in slashers. He got pretty mad at her for not wanting to have sex right there. Yeah. He needs to calm down. But then he caught himself. She does love him, though, look. 
Yeah, buddy, you got to be a little more understanding than that. <laughs> I don't know why, but this guy, um, man, I got to like look up all these names. Uh, William Ragsdale. William Ragsdale as Charlie Brewster. Um, he, I, always, I don't know, he always reminded me of something like um, the guy in Gremlins. Yep, the, totally that guy. Yeah. He's oh. also in Waxwork. Here we go. Yep. New neighbors moving in next door. Man, that looks oddly like a coffin. Hmm. What an interesting Whoa. suitcase. <laughs> now he's more interested in the next door neighbors hmm. than his, his you know, girlfriend actually taking off her clothes. Oh, she's nervous. Now, this is some of the subtext that gets into the queer discussion. You think that Charlie is maybe has some... He's questioning his sexuality. Yeah. Now, to a, a heteronormative society who has the pressures of trying to score with the girl, mm. um, he's already uh, you know exhibited his frustrations. He's just sexually awakened at yeah, this time. Yeah, that's true. But right now, he is obsessed with something that is happening next door. Now, we don't know too much about the neighbors at this time, but again, the read of this is knowing that what we will f- come to f- read into about the neighbors being two men yes. posing as a, gay a couple. couple. Yeah. The coffin is the curiosity of homosexuality that he is now obsessed with. Well. Because his whole thing moving forward is that he is obsessed with what those two men are doing yeah. next door. Very, uh, also kind of like, just as a, uh, a plot device, very like rear, rear window-ish. Oh, most certainly. This we're, is, we're definitely, we're definitely take, taking Charlie's POV. Yes. Um, always looking out from windows, looking across the yard into someone else's house. Very voyeuristic, you very know. Very peering. Yeah. Yeah. What an asshole. Seriously, buddy. No offense, Charlie, but if there's next door, there's assumed to be people. Also, why didn't he immediately maybe tell his mom that they were bringing in a coffin? There are people next door. Again. Carrying is, a coffin into their this house. This is the discussion, my friend. <laughs> There's the curiosity of the unknown. Ooh, hey. ominous. Ha mm. <laughs> Stephen Jeffries as Edward Evil Ed Thompson. This kid is weird, man. Look at his hair. He's very Bart Simpson hair. Oh, yes. But he's such a strange dude. He's like, like I would even say maybe... Crispin Glover qualities mm-hmm. of just like human behavior that's just not really I don't know it's very odd <laughs> yeah he's he's almost like a caricature yeah um, and again mid 80s like this this movie aside from any other deep reads the movie itself pays homage to not only like we've already said the hammer horror yeah uh, but also the tropes that already exist within horror like, like you a, have to have the silly buddy like a comic book uh yeah right. like you know version or 
representation of vampire movies, vampires and now is she a do you think she is she a prostitute? Or she's just like going to hook up with Jerry. Well, I I, I believe we'll find a little bit more about her when Man. she goes missing. Man, I haven't seen this movie in so long. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's what's amazing I about forget. this doll junk. I forget. Yeah, I remember a lot of things about it, but not everything. He is actually studying. He was not lying. Good for him. Looking at some some pretty complicated looking stuff. Were you good at math as a student in high school? Oh, no. I was not a good student, period. Really? Yeah. I thought you would have been. I was in university because I was actually interested in it. I was too busy being the class clown. That was what was uh, mentioned to my parents in in a few of the meetings as Matt's too uh, too occupied with being the popular one. Were when you popular? Fa- I was not. I was not popular in like the bro dude sort yeah. of way. I was. I was the chameleon metalhead who was friends cool. with everyone, invited to every party. It was, was incredibly overweight and had no girlfriends, but was friends with everybody. So hey, actually, that mirrors all maybe a little of. That kind of sounds like my. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. I was definitely a chameleon. Well, that's a fact I wish I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> He's so happy about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. You just ignored her for too long there, buddy. What is that? Like sloppy Joe? Oh, whatever it was, uh. it is definitely sloppy. Oh, and there it is. That's the infamous quotable. <laughs> now, there's even a documentary now that you can watch about the making of uh, the history of uh, part one and part two, and it's called You're So Cool, Brewster. Definitely a... Uh, a standout line, standout quote from the movie. So a little, a uh, little bit more about our buddy uh, Evil Jeffries, Ed. Evil Ed. Um, he 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 did act throughout the eighties. And another horror, um, another horror film that he was in was Nine Seven Six Evil, directed by Robert Englund in nineteen eighty nine. <laughs> Creepy. And uh, you just already mentioned the you're so cool Brewster line, but another catchphrase that he uh, he was responsible for was, to what do I owe this dubious pleasure? That's a good line. Yeah. Kind of flies under the radar, but nonetheless, knowing where it comes from, you're like, yeah, I could definitely, yeah. I've definitely said that out loud. And something else to well round our discussion of of uh, Evil Ed uh, Jeffries. He uh, during the nineties, Jeffries appeared under the alias Sam Ritter and appeared in several 
gay pornographic movies. Wow. Did not know that. Hmm. It's definitely something he probably uh, might keep off the old filmography. Well, I, I, I actually say, you found it on yeah. Well, it's 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 easy to find. But I guess Wikipedia. I think that's why he uses uh, Sam Ritter. Uh, so actually, well, another interesting fact. So this guy, William Ragsdale, did you know that he actually auditioned to portray Rocky Dennis in Mask? Obviously, made famous by really? Eric Stoltz. But I thought that was interesting. I didn't know that until researching for the for the movie. All right, so Ragsdale's uh, folks, Charlie, is focusing in on his teenage sexual frustrations and obsessions. Oh, and of course, being a young kid, I mean, this is 1985. I don't know when I could I've seen this when I was. I can't. Couldn't have seen this when I was five. But no, definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely piqued my uh, curiosity about the the female form of scenes like this. Oh, most certainly, yeah, yeah. Very voyeuristic too. Like you're not supposed to be watching. Right now, that's kind of telling. I mean, you know, he could be dreaming because he, you know, but. Now this He's is definitely a vampire. <laughs> now this is this is a moment here. So creepy, man. I remember I scared it scared me so bad when he notices him looking like look at his face. But he's not looking just at him. He's looking through the camera and he's looking at us. Yeah. Which is also very meta because that's what it yeah. is to watch these movies. We're watching, yeah, we're it's we're looking through Charlie's POV. Those are some long fingers. I know. That's creepy, man. Great music too. Oh, oh, yes. So you get a little mix of the synth and some uh, some 80s shred solo. He's not very, uh, um, doesn't really do a good job of making himself inconspicuous. Oh, this no. is kind of like <laughs> everything they're doing. It's like they're almost going out of their way to make themselves as obvious as possible. Oh, yeah. No, this this reminds me of the burbs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very burbs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spying on the neighbors. Oh, no. Oh, this was creepy. Are we on a POV trip yeah. right now? It's going to turn into a bat. Very cool. Now, it's interesting that Charlie notices him. So, like, is he a big, like, huge bat flying through the air? Or is he just extending his, uh... Oh. Oh, yeah, this is bad. Oh. Yeah, this is... I mean, there's there's so much about this that I love in, in terms of, like, 80s horror tributes where, you know, you've got that kind of that Goonies curiosity where you're on an adventure to find something out about something you're not supposed to know. Yeah. You know, look how big that bite was. I know. So, actually, I found this out when I was doing some research. This is sure. amazing. Chris Sarandon uh, did research into bats and discovered the bulk of the world's bat populations are frugivores. So, he concluded Jerry had a lot of fruit bat 
in his DNA. This explains why the character is frequently munching on apples, which Sarandon decided his character was using to cleanse his palate after draining blood from his victims. Wow. I never knew that. Obviously, I never would have picked up on that when I was a kid. But Now, again, I'm, 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 not, I'm going to cite this as uh, a reference from uh, uh, some queer material that I came across. He's eating fruit because mm-hmm. it's taking from the derogatory term. That's interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. Um, towards uh, homosexuality. In the, so a homophobic term yeah. used quite frequently in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, he's taking bites out of fruit. Not only just bites, uh, uh, ingesting, consuming. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. It's actually amazing too how um, um, how recently even like derogatory terms still get used in mainstream. Me- like I forget what movie I was watching, but it was only a couple years old where the f word was just used as like a humor, almost in regular converse. Like it's just amazing how recent yeah. stuff. Like, well, as a as a parent of a you know of a young child, like he's not yet four. Um, we're watching movies and I'm not a big fan of him watching movies where the characters who he likes refer to each other as idiots, stupid, Mm. using terms that you encourage him not to use. So we were watching Toy Story 1, which came out in the mid-90s, which I also didn't know because I realized I'm getting older and I'm forgetting how old I am. Was it really the mid-90s? Yes. Actually, the animation of that is pretty dated, but I couldn't can't believe it's that but long toy ago. story one woody he's a complete prick <laughs> like he is so upset about the fact that buzz lightyear is coming in on his turf well and he calls him an idiot and he calls him stupid and i'm thinking like they didn't talk like this in toy story 4 which i've seen recently and i love but you just see how how the influence of of parental uh, stylings to change over the years also impacts the way the pop culture changes their dialect as That's well. True. But yes, you're right. I mean, back in the 80s, I mean, Eddie- tons of homophobic terminology was used just as as a throwaway term I to mean, get a cheap laugh. Eddie Murphy's raw is just like rife with oh, derogatory yeah, I like know. homophobic I know. slurs. Yeah. And he became, you know, a worldwide superstar of it. And, like, stadiums full of people just, like, laughing, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? He's a vampire. So, the, so who's, who's his uh, housemate here? Clearly, they're in cahoots. And they are posing as one thing. And Yeah. So, Jonathan Stark playing Billy Cole. I guess uh, Jerry Dandridge is, I guess, familiar is the term. Basically, a uh, within a, a human servant yes, that can culture. operate during the day because vampires have to sleep all day. Right. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I think the idea maybe there. Yeah, I don't know if it's ever is it said during the movie, but they're definitely posing and living as a. Well, the mother said, um, "Probably gay." My luck, because <laughs> clearly she's single. And she's interested in these good-looking men. Yeah. But yeah, um, there is a there is like a sexual power that vampires hold over their their prey, their familiars. 
Those uh, those synths sound familiar. <laughs> yeah. If you slow it down, play it in the key of D minor. There you go. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> also the yeah the arpeggiators. Yeah. There's that line. What do I owe this dubious pleasure? Ah. Uh, they both look like they have gray hair in this scene. <laughs> What a weirdo. <laughs> so I love this sort of like this is the where the meta stuff comes in. Like yeah. they like kind of scream, you know, bored a bit. You could say like, you know, explaining the rules to somebody is, you know, just always fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just like in scream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I always loved that rule. Yeah, like, just the the symbol doesn't mean anything. The it, the intent and the the person b- behind the symbol has to actually mean something as well. Right. Then, of course, there's holy water. Mm-hmm. But uh, you gotta get a priest to say a blessing over yeah. it first. Yeah. That's it. I'm afraid so. That's the best protection right now. Well, this is a great rule. A very yeah. specific rule, right? Which will soon come into play. Also, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Most certainly, yeah. Um, so he doesn't want to be called evil. <laughs> yeah, because in the context of uh, queer literature, evil would be the evil that exists within him, which is considered homophobia, yeah. homosexuality, mm-hmm. whatever way you want to look at it, but. Uh, yeah, so it, it's 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 interesting how you can you can start connecting several dots to things that would not be absorbed by you know like a ten year old watching this yeah. for the first time. And also, it's interesting too how we're you know you're not really reaching when you see these hidden no, not reaching and meanings. No. So it's interesting. But but did you invite him in? <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, she's looking all nice. She, like, wants, you know. They're having their either Caesars or Bloody Marys. <laughs> yeah, definitely Bloody Marys. <laughs> Man. I never saw that before. That's hilarious. I wonder if they're using red in this, like, Sixth Sense. Could be. There is a lot of red there, isn't there? Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, that freaked me out as Not a kid. He's, he's got a very smooth, very like, suave, uh, yeah, yeah, but also at the same time, his creepy lines are delivered with such ease, almost like uh, Anthony Perkins, uh, Norman Bates, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, boy's breast fan was his mother, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a yeah. I mean, that's a great movie to watch. You have to watch that twice in order to really appreciate the first half of the movie. After knowing the end of that movie is just unbelievable, man. 
Very, very, very cool. Very influential to horror. Yeah. Um, very important also, too, while we're talking about queer discussion as well. Um, you know, part of 1960 being shocked to find out that Norman Bates was dressed as his mother um, is definitely something that was very, very shocking to the audience at that time, but didn't detract from how shocking the ending is, which is unsettling at the fact that evil will live no matter where you put it Mm -hmm. and has nothing to do with sexuality or preferences. Yeah. That's not, that's not the takeaway from psycho. It's that evil can live at any point. Who's he got a Bob Ross painting there? I love it. I love it. I'm into that actually. Yeah. Yeah, this this house is almost like, I guess, like the 80s equivalent of, um, you know, like Stifler's House and American Pie, like that. Stifler's House? Yeah, you know, like that, like, oh man, that's a nice home. But it's, no, but Stifler's House was a mansion. Okay, maybe not Stifler's. What was, this, the, what was the other a, guy? Uh, oh. Jason Biggs. Oh, yes, uh, Jim. Jim. Jim's House. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I got, that makes sense. Yeah. Just the, yeah, suburbia, average suburbia home. Yeah, this isn't, uh, oh, and Scream. It's not Stu's house. It's mm. it's uh, Nev Campbell's house. <laughs> Why well, can't I remember her name? That's a... That's a yeah. Sydney Prescott. Sydney! Horror dads would be so embarrassed right now for us. <laughs> Gotta always flex the trivia muscles whenever you can. Yeah. Especially when it comes to horror. Especially I mean, when it comes to God, horror. My God, you can't let your guard down there. My no, God. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I never knew it was Brad Fidel doing this score. And, you know, would never have known that until, you know, my knowledge of movies, I guess, as an adult. But, starts to expand, yeah. But now that I hear it, it's definitely not even a Terminator. It's not Terminator esque at all. But I love that scene. That's so subtle. What do you do? Oh, no reflection. No in reflection. The That's right. Another rule they didn't even talk about. But it. But it. But it borrows from the already existing lore that mm-hmm. is being shared between the film and your own. Yeah, I yeah, love. I, I love that the comedy in this doesn't take away from the horror. Mm-hmm. And that, in fact, the comedy actually heightens the emotional attachment to these characters. Because it allows you to feel like they're human, they're real, yeah. they interact. It does work very well together. Because uh, yeah. I was always super creeped out by the horror elements. But yes, it is a very funny movie at the end of the day as well. That's terrifying. I know. That's like Halloween-esque. That's John Carpenter-esque right there. Yeah. yeah i think the uh i think the similarity that this soundtrack shares with any other brad fidel work is that it's the same instruments just playing different yeah yeah yes hmm Uh, that might that might wake her. <laughs> like it, she should be just a couple rooms over max. Yeah, <laughs> and you just threw him th- through a wall. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm so hard he dented the wall. What is that thing? It's like an arcade thing? It, it, looks, it looks like it's like an upright pinball. Do you ever have those little things where you flick the, the metal balls and you had it was like a almost like a ski ball type little tiny little oh, yes. portable game? Oh thing yes. There? Does he believe yet? that uh, freak strength. Oh, yeah. Vampires are such a cool idea. Ageless, um, you know, super strength, immortal beings. <laughs> yeah, educated. That, oh, yeah, yeah. Always super smart, like sexy. Yeah. Uh, only, like, exist in the, in the night, in the shadows. I don't know. Yeah. There's something very, very special about yeah. And 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 also too, I mean, like they're just like the lore of vampires, they are immortal, they're ever changing. So, you know, you look at a at a at, a, at the Nosferatu vampire of in the twenties and thirties, and then you go into the like, the next couple decades, and then the next couple decades, and it's ever evolving and always popular. Oh, I love the makeup in this scene. Yeah, I was going to say. So, yeah, apparently the shot, this shot uh, was achieved by having a spring-loaded collapsible pencil. Oh, you can almost see it, too. Yeah. Glued to his palm and a eraser tip loosely attached to the back of his hand. Oh. Actually, some really great, scary makeup. Yeah, like that's... I know. <laughs> good editing too like excellent him kind of transferring oh yeah this is amazing when he's back to yeah it's good that's good man yeah oh yeah because he locked her in i forgot about that i was like wait why isn't she there i thought she was knocking at yeah. his door no, that's excellent. What a great encounter. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a weird thing to tell your son. Hmm. Do you want? Do you want a Valium? Has your have you has your mom ever asked you that question? No, no neither neither no. is my mom. I'm disappointed in my mom for yeah. not asking in my life, especially as a teenage boy, if I've ever wanted a Valium for every nightmare you've ever had. <laughs> oh man, Kyle, what are you moving on to now? You're on to the keeping the strong strong beers going IPA. This oh, is classic. 
Just just an IPA. Yeah, and I love actually. Um, wait, where does it say it? Oh yes, so here's Boxing Rock's description of their IPA. Mm-hmm. It's an overused term these days. It now covers a broad spectrum of beers that get called IPAs for no other reason than they contain more hops than, say, a Pilsner. Calls traditionalists, but we think IPAs need to be hoppy, strong, dank, and yes, a bit bitter. I just like that. It's like yeah. this is just an IPA. No, nothing. Yeah, not special. Not like weird. No bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Very, very simple. Oh, he's called him. How does he have his number? I guess he probably would have gotten from his mom. Oh. Uh yeah. Yeah. That is a lot of sweat. He did start it. Time. If it wasn't for those meddling kids, you know. Yeah. He was sticking his nose where it just If it wasn't for you stupid kids! Look at this. That's interesting, the position that his mm. familiar was in. Yep. There you go. The obsession continues. Maybe that was his nightmare to, to his mother. He doesn't want to talk about the male encounter he had. That's true, too. Uh, but yeah, something else I read. So, Stark and Sarandon had not picked up on the intended gay subtext when they were developing their characters. Um, but for the scene in which Jerry pulls down the window shade, and it looks as though Billy is about to perform oral sex on him, Stark remembered, I'm cleaning his hand, and Tom Holland said, no, 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 just get down your knees. Okay, Tom. And then when he saw the film, he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Again, you don't have to, you don't so have that was, to stretch that's in, It's interesting hard. that Tom Holland maybe didn't tell them outright, but do you know what I mean? He, it probably yep. was in his mind as he was filming. Most certainly. So yeah, we still haven't even met Peter Vincent yet, like nope. in the flesh. But yeah, we were talking a bit of before of how this is reminiscent, uh, or like, you know, just the act of watching late night horror films on TV, maybe with hosts like the resurgence of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs Excellent. on Shudder, which has proven to be just such an amazing success and just an incredible thing to have in our lives at this point. Most certainly. Oh, he just like goes right to the studio and just like meets him. That's incredible. Hey, that you is just amazing. Walk right up to them. <laughs> where does he like? It's amazing that he lives in the town where they film Fright Night. Mm-hmm. I love this part. Oh, just been fired. Yeah. There you go. Or as Roger Ebert would call them, dead teenager movies. Yeah. DTMs. <laughs> DTMs. Is that what the kids are calling? Yeah, that's what it was abbreviated on a couple of websites. I was like, what's oh, really? DTM? Oh. How naive, like, how naive is Charlie, really? He's like, does he not realize that Peter Vincent's an actor? Well. <laughs> this is true, but this is I also guess if, Fright Night, where he's living next door to a real vampire. But also, I guess he, no one else is going to help him. 
Like it's he, you know, he's his last hope. Even well, his even his friend is making fun of him. That's you know? true. So Fright Night was an actual TV series from 1976 to 1979. It was a hosted horror movie show. With Robert Foster as Grimsley, presenting movies on Saturday nights at 11 p.m. in Los Angeles, from 76 till 79. Ooh, short-lived, but that sounds awesome. I'll find the audio clip and play it here. <laughs> here. Also, when you were a kid in high school, did you have like arm patches on your sport coat? Well, um, this, I didn't have a look sport at Amanda, Amanda Burst looking like Marty McFly in this scene. It's just rolling up on that <laughs> sweet moped. Look at all the garlic hanging. <laughs> wow. Yeah, time to break up. Look at him. Wow. <laughs> this is weird karate ninja shirt. Dead by John. Dead by John. It's another thing. Another movie I want to watch again. Yes, I haven't seen it in so long. That's actually now that I think about it, we should do like a rundown of our favorite movie watching memories. Oh yeah. And so, um, got to reveal one of them right now. You just reminded me. I was in university, mm-hmm. and a bunch of the people on my residence floor had never and of course by this point I was already a full-fledged like I just was a horror you know just fiend and I had my huge VHS collection you were the horror friend yeah and none of the people on my floor had ever seen Evil Dead 2 Dead by Dawn and I was like we're having a movie night and we're going to the the common room or whatever such a great one and holy shit it was one of the my my favorite memories just I don't know like just picture a huge room full of Every, and everyone, it wasn't the fact that, obviously, that Evil Dead 2 is just an amazing movie, but it was the fact that everybody, for the first time, all those people that hadn't seen it, they got it. Everyone was laughing at the right parts. Everyone was screaming at the right parts. And when... Um, when the when the the deadites going dead by dawn, or um, I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul, and then he swallow this boom the whole place erupted and it was just everyone's like yeah that's incredible that's incredible <laughs> it was so awesome man that's awesome because that is such a triumphant swallow this yeah <sighs> yeah i uh i'd have to think about it and go back but um in recent memory showing my son danny ghostbusters one for the first time and did he love it Dude, that's amazing. He he made me remember how cool watching movies is. It just proves also like timelessness of certain movies. Like you know? here, here you and I are talking over this movie when we could be like immersed in it, like scene by scene. But we know what's happening. Yeah. But when you're three and you're watching something for the first time, you're like, you're, <laughs> you're, 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 like the world is on pause. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, the mark of a great movie, and, yeah. and still to this day, you know, I can, like, that can still happen. Yeah, like to me, like I think about, you know, not necessarily, not even just necessarily horror films, but like the opening half, the opening twenty minutes of Drive. When I first saw that for the first time in a movie theater, I was just like, right. you know, you can't even move. Like mm-hmm. when I saw Us, yeah. I was blown away. I was speechless 
I was without speech. <laughs> I was without speech. I, uh, I, I, I couldn't begin to even put into words what I was experiencing while I was watching us and how Jordan Peele is like us in a way that he's paying tribute to his influences. But speaking about his yes. experience Sorry. as, yeah. you know, a, a black male in America yeah, yeah, and yeah. the history of like, yeah, he's, I mean, he's pretty, he's a pretty important person <laughs> right now in movies. Most certainly. And, you know, not just within the horror realm because he is, he's definitely the voice of a, of a future to horror. Also, we'll talk about a pivot in like, you know, he's like, uh, he was obviously a very, uh, a, a huge comedic talent, but to pivot, because of something, I mean, it's obviously something he was interested in. We just like obviously the mainstream audiences never knew, but yeah. to go right to Get Out, it's like it's unbelievable. Yeah, that it's one was, of the best. Uh, I would say one of the best American film debuts of all time, debuts, of all, written yeah. and directed of all time. Like it's kind of incredible. I love Get Out so much. Yeah, Get Out is great. Oh yeah, you said you like us better. Well, I like it better, but they're two different movies, mm-hmm. right? It's that's true too. It, it, it's not about comparing them as like, oh, this is the sequel. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. us is just my type of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he just he just hit it on all cylinders for me. That's all. Um, and then likewise, I I love Hereditary. I was gonna say, well, we were talking about movie moments that leave your jaw on the floor and you can't even speak, and there's like the the. Movie theaters almost uncomfortably silent is the car crash scene in Hereditary. Not Lock. going into too much spoilers, but it it was pretty devastating to watch you know for what, the first you, time. You know what that reminded me of was the the cellar ending to Blair Witch, where everything goes silent in the theater and everyone went. Whew. Oh, that's what, well. If we're ever going to do a list of. Um, scariest movie experiences yes. like in your life. I don't know if I've ever, I, I'm trying to think of like a time, the ending to the Blair Witch sent me, it gave me full body chill. Like an, the best yes. word, I guess to describe it is a chill, but like, you know, when just that feeling of uh, dread, dread. And it kind of leaves you like almost like you're paralyzed. Faint. Yeah. You're just limp or something. Yeah. It was that ending yeah. of the Blair Witch project just destroyed me. Yeah. Yeah, likewise. Look at all that fresh fruit in there. Is it? It looks pretty fake. I go. He no, he is a fruit bat. That's right. That's what I'm saying. So he loves fruit. Oh, he's tired. Oh yeah, get it. What is Amanda? Is it Beers? Uh, forget Beard. Look at her outfit. She does have a Sarah Connor vibe right now. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if they're dressing her down in order, like in the scene that's coming up. She's very feminine. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're bulking her up. Maybe. They're stripping of her femininity right now. Also, how come Jerry gets like a bunch of different outfits, but his familiar, like, he's always wearing the same thing. Yeah. A lot of plaid in this movie. Yeah, he does look like he's in like Neil Young's backup band. Or or in CCR. You think spat you think this is a lot? Like a, I don't know, everything looks very fake. The the Back it to looks the like a set. <laughs> looks like a set. Like wh- And we've seen this this shot of the street a bunch of times already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love oh, right that he's here. like still in character. <laughs> well I like I I like the idea he's basically taking these kids money because he's just trying to maybe he's fired. He has no job and he's trying to, but obviously he doesn't believe in anything that Charlie's saying, but it all changes very quickly. Most certainly. Now remember, he only is experienced within a set. Yeah, exactly. When did all those doily window coverings go out of fashion? <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, sure, Norman. I'll come in. <laughs> Man, he does look like Norman Mason. Yeah, he? he's well. He's got that that vacant yet. Yeah. Yeah, like a um, a facade. I love it. <laughs> yeah. He loves apples. The turtleneck. Hmm. It's a bold ensemble. <laughs> I know. Hmm. Not accurate, but amusing. <laughs> Very amusing. Oh. Mm. So again, this now this, one. Th- th- this is a kind of a, a an extension of the theory of gender fluidity, but not so much being. I think he's gay. M- he's, he's more attracted to the virginal. Yes, the aspect. young, supple. Yeah. Um. A- Again, a kind of a, a horror trope being that women are easier to portray as being in danger than a man, mm-hmm. um, but that he's not gay, that he could be identified as queer because mm-hmm. he can just go anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's neat. See, already yeah. under the spell. Yeah. Have you, Kyle, have you ever met someone like that that has that inexplicable spell over you? You know, it's uh, it, it just when you meet someone, they have this aura about them that you're like, oh my god. And not necessarily in love with, but it's just like, it's this power that they have. 
Yeah. And anything they say at that given time, you would just go ahead and do for them. Almost like a celebrity, someone you might idolize, you'll look up to. But sometimes you just meet someone that just out of the clear blue sky, clear blue sky, Jerry, (laughs) that just um, just kind of uh, emotes this inexplicable force. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. I mean, I I had to have met. I had to have that in. Yeah, at some point, I I just need to think about it a little bit. But it almost reminds me of I read. An interview with somebody, I forget, but they were talking about George Clooney. Oh, okay. And they said that, you know how, remember uh, when Charlie Murphy in the E! True Hollywood Stories on Chappelle's show talks about Rick James has an aura? It's like orange. Yeah. It's just this aura. And talking about aura, I seen it. Yeah. yeah. But they, they, they said that about George Clooney and that yeah. certain people have a power in that all they need to do is... When when they enter the room, mm. and it's a it's a it's a room a bar full of people. It doesn't matter how many people. Like everybody in the room is aware of someone's presence. Sure, and that's what someone they said that about George Clooney. Yeah, and I can see that. Yeah, I'd be into that. <laughs> I'd be into that. I mean, it's you know he's one of the greatest Batman of all time. Oh Jesus! Speaking of which, have you heard the latest rumor? Mm. Michael Keaton is in early talks of returning as Bruce Wayne. To a Flash movie where Barry Allen travels to a different universe, which actually exists within the 1989 Batman universe. And Michael Keaton will be reprising his role. I did not hear that. That's amazing. I, and, love, I love Michael Keaton and you as know Batman. What? I'm not against it. I'm not against I, it I at, all. at all. It's one of my favorite Batman. I mean, also, that's, you know, that speaks to nostalgia and just yeah. being young and having a, you know, huge summer movie event. But that first Batman to me was, I'm, I loved it and I still love it, you know. Keaton, Nicholson, yeah, oh Basinger, ba- ooh, Vicky Vale. Yeah. No, but honestly, that, that Batman. Yeah, that I like him. Standalone, you didn't have to make any sequels. No. That was fantastic. It was great. Tim Burton. Yeah. yeah, it just everything was just everything. It was a perfect storm. Yes, it was. Yeah, Danny Elfman score. Come on now. Yeah, Kyle, what are you drinking this evening? Well, I ran the table of well, not completely the whole boxing rock kind of product line, but and you're still standing. Yeah, I got a trio. So I got the boxing rock coffee porter, the IPA, and the wild axe pilsner. The coffee porter is very special to me because I'm a passionate coffee drinker. I cannot. I'm one of those drinkers that starts the day with a cup just to feel human. And then I begin drinking more coffee. So I enjoy my coffee. Um, But this, this coffee porter actually contains real coffee in it. Not just tastes like coffee. It's a main ingredient. So this is kind of creepy. She's of high school age. I do love such a neat i remember when i'm a kid i'm like whoa he doesn't have a reflection obviously they just filmed two two separate scenes but i love that rule you know and that's when he knows i also love the moment of realization when a character you know realizes that what they're seeing is real what's this painting in the background (laughs) some like priceless you know yes 200 year old artifact <laughs> that he's just had with him all Wonder this time. Wonder how long Jerry Dandridge has been alive. Wonder if that's the even, Crusades. Wonder if that's even his real name. Hmm. 
Mr. Vincent, shit! <laughs> Pencil dick? Very Dracula, reminiscent of the story of Dracula, mm-hmm. the vampire that's been alive for, you know, hundreds, thousands, who knows, of years, but obviously had a a love in their life at some yes. point. And, you know, at some point you're going to meet somebody that reminds you of them. But how does this familiar know? Hmm. Looks, they a, link up? looks a lot like her, doesn't it? <laughs> how do you, what? Like she was 500 years old. <clears throat> so that's a, that actually makes me think of like, what? What are your favorite vampire movies? Hmm. See, vampire. I'm only interested as of late. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was never a big vampire fan. I was just more into monsters and you know overgrown mm-hmm. mo- animals. What a great scream! What a piece of shit! <laughs> what a great scream! What a piece of shit! But yeah, like, I guess, I don't know, I, I guess this, the age I was, I was never really into the original Dracula, but mm. Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah. is, un, to me, I, I love that movie. Yeah, you know? it's and very it's, ultimate. And it's, it's very true to the story, too. It's yeah. just a great, great movie. And Gary Oldman, you know, one of the best actors oh, you ever. You cannot go wrong Gary Oldman. Um, he pulls off just such a great, you know, they did a lot of cool things with Dracula as the character, you know, as the... You know, the thousand-year-old vampire is this, like, ghoulish figure in a long robe. But then when he gets some blood in him and he goes back to, like, you know, 20, uh, 30-year-old Dracul or whatever. Like, great movie. Uh, Let the Right One In, another great vampire movie. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. This This is awesome. It's almost like he looked at us. You know, broke the fourth wall. He's like, you know what I gotta do, right? Yeah, you know what I'm about to do. I love that trench coat. <laughs> he cinched it a little tight for my taste. You can't walk down an alley like that without a trench coat. No. You wear a trench coat like that in an alley, you're the only one walking down the trench, <laughs> the alley with that trench coat. Yeah, ain't no one fucking Yeah, with yeah, you. yeah. Yeah. Ain't no one trenching like that coat. <laughs> Gone trench. Gone trenching. <laughs> This was a really creepy scene, actually. Yeah, it's well... Yeah. <laughs> the little guitar licks. like It's almost like the... Uh, God, what's that show? Uh, it's the NYPD Blue. <laughs> oh my God, it does sound like it. Law and Order. Yeah. Yeah. Doom, dun, 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 dun. Bow, bow, <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Yeah. Man, there's like some... It was like 80s cop shows where they had like blues guitar solos. The heat of the night. Do, do, do. In the heat of night. <laughs> I don't know that one oh at all. Oh my god. It was just all bad. He sounded like Michael McDonald there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the heat of night. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is so scary, man. Like, why did you run down the only dead end? Like, don't you know your town? Like, why are you running down that dead end alley? <laughs> it's is... so funny, though. I'm looking at the fashion sense here, and it looks like everyone's just shopping at H&M right now. Actually, yeah. It had, like, are they using the same jacket? Like, <laughs> no, no, but I mean, like, now. Oh, oh. Like, everything's back in. No, oh, he's scared. Again, Ooh. that's about the the other, the entrant. But like, you can cast a spell on somebody. You can identify with them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. He almost like welcomes it in the end. You know, he's not yeah. he's not scared anymore. Take my hand. Take my extended, elongated fingers here. And he does. Well, they are those. Those are prosthetic extensions on his fingers because he has an extra set of knuckles when he's transformed. <clears throat> well, this is. I mean, this is very. This confirms all the other reads right there. Not funny. Not funny. Not not you're not going to So have you picked up on this? What? Peter Vincent is a homosexual man posing as a heterosexual actor. The telling moment in the movie with... with the telling moment in the movie within the movie... In the opening scene, as he marches towards the hissing vampire, he s- the stake is pointed at himself rather than towards the voluptuous vampiris that moments before nearly seduced a man to his death. I did not pick up on that. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Who wrote that? There you go. <laughs> yeah, who's this now? Oh yeah, this is Nicholas Nelson again. You know he's he he has he has a bold start, but you know it's good though. Gone trenching. I'm trenching, baby. <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't have like just your huge window open to the public. Again, this is very. This reminds me of a Nightmare on Elm Street too. How did you get into the club when you're a high schooler? He gets into the the S and M joint yeah. <laughs> that Bob Shea is the is the bartender at. Oh, this is creepy. Yeah. Why would he tell them that? Like. He's a he's a scary vampire. <laughs> he's such a good annoying laugh. Get him. 
Oh yeah. Oh, I love that's that scary, goo. man. I know the melting flesh. Oof. You can't of course, he see can't yourself. see himself. <laughs> now, like, I'm, I'm interested in like seeing if somebody, if somebody seeing this for the first time today, would find it as scary as I still find that. But am I thinking of it as my ten year old self? Yeah, watching Fright Night. To me, this is still scary. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I think. It, I think. It, I think. What's so effective about it is the. Perfect lighting and practical effects. Yeah, I love practical effects. I'll, I'll always love practical effects. The But lighting is what really upsets me in film. You catch the right lighting or the wrong lighting. Well done. And all of a sudden, you're rewriting the way that that person can be seen just with the right angle or, again, the wrong angle mm-hmm. um, to cast them differently. And it is super effective. So the way that he was lit in that scene with his head back and his mouth open, like mm. he looked like the monster you don't want to see in your room at night. Definitely. <laughs> Jer- Jerry Dandridge knows how to dress, like, man. Jerry Dandridge is a fucking boss. <laughs> Look at him. He is a boss. Like, man. He's Yeah. So he looks like Michael. Remember Michael Douglas in Basic Instinct? Oh yeah, when they that scene in the club. That's what he kind of looks Look, like. Here. He's already being pawed at. I know. They just can't help themselves. Yeah. But he only he has, has eyes for one girl. Look, they're even just like looking at him walk by. I never noticed that before. That's that's interesting. Mm. <laughs> that guy's trying to mac. Like, yeah. No. Ooh. Whoa. Huh? Ooh. But yeah, See, you're right. Like, how old is she? Right? Ooh. Yeah. But. Crystalia. But then again, yeah, sure, you can say, how young is she? But how old is he? Technically, he's a vampire. Not to say that that justifies it, but what I'm saying is, I know, this is such a like out there in the stratosphere already. Thinking about it, <clears throat> it's not about the sexuality; it's about just taking, her, turning her into a vampire, yeah, sucking the blood from her. But then again, yes, her, her Ooh, now that's to him. now that's an interesting thought and discussion about a vampire's intent. Like, because sexuality plays such a huge part in just vampires and how they act and how they live their lives and how they try to survive. Right. But is it just a mechanism to, or is it just a tact to ultimately get the blood from a living being? Like, do they even really feel the sexuality or or are they playing the part? That a thousand, imagine like master, you know, 10,000 hours to master something. They've just mastered how to bring somebody in to get the essence from them. Are they mm. even feeling sexual feelings? That's kind of interesting to think of. That's really, that's kind of heavy. 
<laughs> All right, I vote the next movie not be as so cerebral. So, <laughs> Tremors? <laughs> He's like, you just gotta, yeah, you gotta feel their ass. You gotta look at them in the eyes. Mm-hmm. But is he, he's probably not, he doesn't even care like I don't know, I, I find that kind know. of it's 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 very intimate, very sensual. Yeah. Um, you know. Some also, how did her in ha- control? How did her hair change? Uh, <laughs> and her makeup get it's suddenly done? Jerry Dandridge, if you have been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> this scene is, you know, like a tribute to Dirty Dancing, Footloose, everything from. 80s culture. I love it. Love it. I'd be rocking this in my record player in the 80s for sure. And she's going for it now. Whoa. Little close. Too close, man. Yeah, once again, Charlie, you're just like a little late to the party there, bud. Oh no. Yeah, that's bad. Oh. It's true. Also, you shouldn't have just like meddled in <laughs> meddled in the first place. See, in 2020, he'd be on, like, every security camera ever. People will be busting out their phones, like, holy fuck, look at this guy just, like, you know, chucking bouncers across the room. Swiping, stabbing them in the neck, like. Yeah. Yeah. And this would definitely be on the news. <laughs> look at everybody freaking out, like. It's definitely ma- Mayhem erupted at uh, the Liquor Dome last night when. Oh, my. The liquor dome. <laughs> We're all going to the liquor dome. The liquor dome. Follow the dancing pint. We're all going to the liquor dome. Follow the dancing pint. <laughs> yeah, the liquor dome. Nova Scotia's like monument to alcohol consumption and, and poor choices. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with a name like the liquor dome, you know. Yeah, you know what you're getting into. You know. Uh, again, man, evil, is, I don't know, to me, is such a scary character. Yeah. 
Not a big fan of those uh, wall-mounted candles for lighting. I mean, that would be something I would take down right away. But I guess maybe that's the 2020 in me. So again, I mean, this does does Peter Vincent actually believe enough in Christianity to give that power? I'm a, I, we're we're assuming because it was able to burn evil. Okay, so something that I recognized right away was one of the bouncers that we just saw, bouncer number one, Kyle, bouncer number one that I just that we just saw, something I recognized about him, the uh, the slimmer bouncer. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, God, he's very familiar looking. Really? So with a quick search, we find Nick Savage. And how I know him is from Friday the 13th, Part 3, a.k.a. 3D, and he plays Ali, and he's one of the thugs in the end where Jason has now officially donned the iconic mask, and they are in the barn in the haystacks, and he's a bald, like, punk thug. And how does he kill him? Man, that's a good find. I just, there's something very recognizable about him that I said, ah, he seems like within the same era. Well, it was only just a couple years in the difference, so. Um, okay. Here's here's a the white virginal Yeah, she's got like attire. a Marilyn Monroe dress on. Wow, yeah, she does yeah, look she like does, her. yeah. Someone that I used to know. Oh my god. I hate that song. I know, it's so high. Where's Charlie? Ugh. All right, maybe he does feel something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I take back my uh, my my uh, counter arguments. Mm. Well, didn't get her yet. She knows, but it's also. Coming. Uh, now it almost seems like the the vampire bite is like the actual sex, like she was scared right. for it, you know. 
the, not, the, the bite is worse than the... Or, or the, the suspense the, is worse the, than the bite. Yeah. He's one of the bouncers? In this one, yeah. And, like, that's him in Friday the 13th. He, like, peers in on the car. Nick Savage. Yeah. Some of the, the magic of these better 80s horror movies... And and you oh, have oh see it's over. I mean, if vampire and horror movie rules have taught me anything, it's oh. that she is unsavable. That and that's a pretty cool effect. Yeah. Everything about this movie has been great. So. Something great about um, really good 80s movies, and you have to almost start with really good 80s movies, because sometimes when you say 80s movies, some people automatically think cheese. Yeah. And you're not wrong, but it doesn't have to be cheesy. Like, the bad cheesy movies are the ones that are going out of their way to be cheesy. The good ones are just a product of their time. Yeah, it's just like a... That's all there, that's yeah. all there is. Like, you know, you think of Michael Bay movies. Okay, well, you're thinking of like mid-2000s. Yeah. Okay, so... there That that influence a trend of films that come with that. So anyway, the reason that these movies are so good is that they have strong actors. Actors in them. Mm-hmm. They have good, uh, good direction, good practical effects. So when you have that perfect storm, you have a movie like Fright Night. This is great. <laughs> it is from Orgy of the Damned. <sighs> I love that he has his like vampire busting kit. Come on. He's into it though. He believes. Well, he's played this role for so long. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, now he's playing his own role. Imagine trying to psych yourself up. <laughs> I know. But like, I like that he's trying to like rise to the occasion, you know? He's like trying to find meaning mm. in his life. Man, I just like this just movie takes me back to being in like my dad's like being in the basement, the old VHS player, you know, watching yes. it with my friends, like yes. 
Oh yeah, this is awesome. Oh. <laughs> Such a weird flex mm. as a, you know, as a yeah. vampire. Yeah. It's Freddy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For real. <laughs> it's great but yeah do you remember that scene did you ever watch family guy oh yeah and they that it was like i forget how they mentioned it but when a movie says their own title in the movie and it was like <laughs> the movie they referenced was as good as is this as good as it gets and peter goes yeah and he points at the camera <laughs> yeah Whoa. So the visual effects in this film were devised by Richard Edlund. He was the same guy who devised them for Ghostbusters. Oh, yes, I did read that. Yeah. The year before. Great. Yeah. So that's amazing. The year before. Charlie now has faith. <laughs> the guy's like, I'm not a vampire. I'm just gonna punch you in the face. It it it, it would have been funny if he was trolling him. It would have been funny, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, man. No. He just leaves a teenage like what a piece of shit. They're like, yep. Judy. Fuck, he's scary, man. Well, apparently, she's working nights. But she left the note. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if okay, Evil Ed is trolling him as a theatrical vampire. Yeah, in maybe. real life. Yeah. Um. So here's something interesting. Robert Evert gave Fright Night three out of five stars mm-hmm. in 1985. Yeah, he liked it, and that. He concluded it with saying that Fright Night is not a distinguished movie, but it has a lot of fun being undistinguished. Yes. I love Roger Ebert. And I think that that, I think that's a very, very important takeaway from some of these movies is that despite the differences I, I have with 
his opinion in in some of my favorite movies that he doesn't like. Well, he was he was oh, notoriously yeah. hard on horror movies. Yes, just by the by their virtue of being a horror movie. But yeah. I think that you have to view movies objectively. You have to view them for what they are. And, and are they good within oh, their own way? I think Ebert more than anyone always at least tried to um, critique a movie based on its intent. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, he didn't take everything at face value. Like, so yeah, he talks about Fright Night. It's very undistinguished. It's fun. It's a little loopy. It plays with rules, but that's its intent. So in that way, it succeeds and he's going to give it a good review. You know, I love Ebert. This is a great. I know. This is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. This is like American Werewolf in London. Great. You know? In reverse. Yeah. It's interesting seeing, Good sound seeing him uh, like emoting empathy for this werewolf, essentially. Yeah. Because that is that like the kid coming out in a way, like just wanting help. The original you know? Ed. Yeah. Yeah. The, the unaffected. Yeah. Yeah, very good use of uh, the way they edit in that they just all they have to do is cut away a bit and then cut back to a slightly different version. Yeah, you can, you know, you can almost like, um, you know, you don't need to show the whole transformation. You just cut back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The effect is, you know, essentially the same. Very, very successful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very good. Yeah. Oh, evil. It's interesting how the burn. Yeah, what's up with that? Well, it was inflicted when he was a vampire, but now that he's he's dead, it's almost like now he's back to being mortal. Therefore, the burn doesn't exist. Oh, yeah, because he's dead. So he's mortal. Don't put her next to your neck. Come on, man. You are now officially a real vampire killer. That's true. (laughs) Take it out. The uh, Sherlock Holmes attire. That must be very warm. One might read into that. He just took the phallus away from him. (laughs) Yeah. Oh... Also, like, hope that Charlie's mother doesn't, like, get off work early and get home, literally walk into a 
<laughs> a dead boy in her living room. God. A dead naked. <laughs> I know. Slaughtered. Yeah. I can explain. I can explain. He was a werewolf. And I had a steak. And that's from the table upstairs. And we went through the... Anyway. And he had, a, st- he had a burned X in his forehead. I swear. But it's not there anymore. But Long story it, it, short. It was there. You're still alive. That's all that. <laughs> got my vampire kit. Got my steak. And just so going to go are, up these stairs. Yeah, do, 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 just going up here. Um, so our friends over at Horror Dads, they speak very highly of Fright Night. Oh, really? Yes, they do. Um, during their uh, Horror Houses episode. Nice. This is definitely, definitely up there. Oh, favorite horror houses. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What would yours be? Ooh, I mean, man, there's so many. I mean, the um, combo Bates Motel, Norman Bates's house. Sure. Yes. I mean, those are. That's a very. They operate. That might be my number one. Actually, no. Since my favorite horror film of all time is Texas Chainsaw, I'm gonna say the house. Wow, their their house of horrors is kind of like insane. The living room full of bones, the kitchen with the meat hooks and the freezers. Like yep. that's a good house. That's of a horrors. cafe now. I know, and I want to go. Uh, that's a bucket yes. bucket list yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that that's a great home. That's a great entry because it's nothing spectacular. It's horrifying. It's just like. They've, that's just, they made their home. Like, this could be Wayne Manor, for all we know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The cabin from the Evil Dead. Yes, of course. I mean, I have to acknowledge the the iconic um, 1428 Elm Street. Hmm. You know, like, that mm-hmm. home is very picturesque on the outside. Like, you want to, you close your eyes and you picture what your future home looks like. You kind of have something that's very similar to that, but not the red and green, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a very nice home, um, but also very iconic to the horror realm that we speak of. Yeah, the Amityville house. If only, Obviously. if only for the fact that the side of the house looks like eyes. Yes, like it's such a it's such an iconic. So looking something house. that somebody dug up recently was there's a, uh, a, a screenshot from Jaws. So obviously within the same era. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So he's dead. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Have you ever worn contact lenses? Mm-mm. Neither. I mean, I had laser eye surgery, so I guess... Actually, I, I did I did read in, in research in this that the contact lenses... Oh, my God. I thought he was... Man, I thought he was human. Anyways, but the contact lenses apparently were very, like, not comfortable to yep. wear. And that they heard they could only wear them for, like, a half hour at a time. <laughs> right. Now, is he still alive? I don't know. Because like, I thought he was human. But he was just shot in the head and he got up. Yeah. Huh. No. Not good. He's a zombie. Not good. But if he was a zombie, he's already been shot in the head. I know. 
So very, maybe very like yeah. So maybe cheesy. he was a vampire. Because there we go, stake through the heart. Okay. Well, that's gross. Yeah. That's not coming from the wound that was in his heart. <laughs> no, because that would just be trickling straight down. Exactly. But that's from that broken finger. Gross. Ew. Oh, look, it's like fucking street trash here. That is. Green ooze. Yeah. Meets the exorcist pea soup. Well, knowing that it was Ghostbuster um, alumni. Man. Again, very cool. Very well cool. Done. Yeah, no, great. Like the the special effects in this movie are just amazing. Like that was probably. The, oh, that's yeah, awesome. That's great. That's awesome. That that was probably the cheesiest moment of effects. But at the same time, you're watching it. You're like, this is cool. I'm buying in because this is at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's been successful all the way through, and you're you're totally invested. I love that. Nice. You know, shit, she's worse. <laughs> yeah, no, she's worse. What yeah. do you mean? Oh, she's straight up a vampire? Did you think yeah. it was going to get better? I don't think she... it gets no. any worse than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh Again. yeah! Oh yeah! Because here we go. We're about to see the the cover of the infamous Fright Night cover. Yes. <laughs> Both. That sounds safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like laughing at him. Oh, he believes. Or is she just so novice that she hasn't. <laughs> She's so novice. Awesome. I know. So scary. You have to have faith. Isn't that crazy how memory works? Like, I haven't seen this in probably over a decade. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
at the very minimum. Uh-oh. And I knew he was going to say, you have yes. to have faith. Sun's coming up. <laughs> so many clocks. Yeah, in case one fails. And he's like, oh my god, so many clocks. You put them there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, that's not the problem. It's sunrise. <laughs> but he's looking at the clocks like, uh, who set these clocks? Yikes. Yeah, that's that's Damn, look at this. That's Zool. It is look that that does look like Zool. There is no Dana, only Zool. <laughs> when she goes to Bankman, she's like, I want you inside me. He goes, Oh, go ahead. No, no, I couldn't. It actually sounds like there's more than one in you already. <laughs> No, no, I, I mean that's that's like peak Bill Murray. At, yeah. You know, he's just like perfect Bill <laughs> Murray. This is um, leftover from uh, the Father's Day weekend mm, that just passed. Happy us. Father's Day! Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I have Lunds Mill. It is a the logger driver, a Vienna logger. I actually have not tried this one. Uh, but I am a huge fan of Lund's Mill anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I, I first encountered them at uh, Craft Beer Fest, and I saw that they had an IP, double IPA called Purple Grain in the same font as Purple Rain. Yes. And so I was sold, <laughs> and it is fabulous. So I don't doubt that this is uh, anything but amazing. Um, made here in Lawrencetown. I say here because pretty well anything in Nova Scotia is just here. It's very strange. There's, do you know there's two Lawrencetowns in Nova Scotia? I did not know that. Russell, did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> because when I first saw that Lunds Mill were from Lawrencetown, I was like, what? Because I'm from Cole Harbor and just kind of like right around the outskirts of Cole Harbor, there's uh, is Lawrencetown, Eastern Passage, things like that. But this is from the valley, like a different Lawrencetown. Because I, I Google, Google I mapped it and it was like three hours away. I was like, huh? So yeah, I didn't live three I hours away. I didn't think I lived three hours away. I'm not a rural boy. This isn't <laughs> footloose. <laughs> um, okay, let's get let's get the sound bite of a of a yeah. I already crisp. I already cracked can. mine. <sighs> Smooth. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's a lot darker than you might think. I mean, kinda. See, this is the sexual appeal of vampires. I know. It's just like 100% sex. Like, that's what they use. Yeah. You know? There's sexuality. Or the fluidity of it. Yeah. They're just such sexual feelings. Oh! Okay, now... it's Fright Night! Yamahama, it's... Fright night. (laughs) 
Have you ever watched those bloopers from Seinfeld, though? Those box sets? Um, way too many times that I can even count. Oh, my God. They're, one of, they're, they're probably my favorite bloopers oh my God. that have ever existed. Only because it's like one of my favorite shows ever. And Sure. You know. Oh. It's just one of those classic horror tropes yeah. where you're like, fuck you, let it go too long. Nice. Whoa, nice. Nice callback to classic, like, Christopher yeah. Lee vampire. <laughs> nope, not good. I know, bust it all open. There you go. I love how these my biggest mistake was to make my lair in a room full of windows. <laughs> Milk was a bad choice. I just should have chosen like you know a dark basement full of stone. Right. You ever watch Hell House? Mm. No, not Hell House. I'm sorry. Hell Knight. Hell Knight? Linda Blair. No. I've never heard of that. It's one of the Joe Bob drive-ins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, it just reminds me of like, now that's a lair. <laughs> if you've seen that one. It's tunnels upon tunnels underneath the subterranean cave, essentially, underneath a home. Dumbass. <laughs> oh. That's great. I love that green smoke, that green fire. <clears throat> nice. Oh, awesome. that looks so good. Nice. Look at that bat. I know, it's pretty good. This reminds me too of like, I would m one of the more memorable like vampire deaths that I can think of is yes. interview with the vampire oh. when Kirsten Dunst. Remember yes. when they put her in that like well, mm -hmm. and the sunlight slowly starts to, and they're just trapped in the bottom of this well, and it's like the sunlight hits them and they just turn to ash. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were talking about. Uh, you're saying about top vampire movies. Mm -hmm. I really don't have many, but um, one that I remembered was um, uh, Shadow of the Vampire. I'm ashamed to say that I have not seen that. Oh, no, no. Uh, Malkovich is just great. I know. Just yeah. so good. But uh, what I loved about that movie is what we've already talked about is that exist of meta within film, you know, like that universe where it acknowledges other... Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, other... Lord. Yeah, like they're portraying the yeah. Nosferatu movie, but what if the guy was actually like Max Shrek? Yeah, he's real. Yeah, yeah. 
<coughs> no shit is for sale. Now she's like all about it. <laughs> Meanwhile, like they've just been through probably one of the most traumatic experiences of their whole life. Right, Charlie? Wink. Oh, oh my god, yeah, you're right. That was a funny time. This always, oh, that always freaked me out as a kid too. And it's almost like when I was a kid, I, I, I took that at like face value. I was like, oh my god, evil's still alive, but he wasn't though. So like, what's yeah. up with that ending? Actually, can we appreciate too? Like, the cast list was very minuscule. As yeah. you saw them go up, yeah. like, and I think that's the effective nature of it. It's not about the deaths; it's about the storytelling. <laughs> Fright night. I love it. I want to hear a fozzy cover of this. Yeah, Chris Jericho doing it. <laughs> Fright night. I love Fozzie. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. That was great times, man. Forgive me, I'm into this cupcake. I know, now I'm going to like eat this cupcake in like three bites. Yeah, oh, this is so good. This is far more than three bites, but I'm into it. That is good. Mm. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> <clears throat> 
Jay Giles Bam. April 1. Devo. Oh, excuse me. Bless you. Jeez. <coughs> Bless you. 1988. So three years later, they were like, eh, let's do a sequel. Autograph. Turn up the radio. <laughs> I've never seen Fright Night 2. Have you seen it? No, I downloaded it, though. Mm-hmm. See, this is the poster I remember for Fright Night 2. Yeah, it's a great I cover. I don't remember this one. You don't? I don't remember that one. Oh, that's from two? I know. No, I definitely don't remember that one. I just, I just, to me, it looked like the Fright Night 1 cover. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I love mid, mid 80s films in general. I think that the early 80s set the precedent for the over-the-top, campy vibe that either was exploited, tasteless, um, exploited to a tasteless degree, despite some of my favorite films being, you know, classified within that description. But also, there are films that were produced by the mid 80s to late 80s that really stand out as being um, trying to set themselves apart. But it's difficult when you're when you're floundering in 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 a sea of. You know, with all intents and purposes, garbage and uh, and 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 it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope with 80s um, 80s horror, especially because. Horror as a genre is is very broad. There's all these subgenres that exist within it, and I find that when you see a '80s horror film with a ranking of, you know, let's say three out of five stars, two and a half out of five stars, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a good time watching it. It just it's almost like you just have to know what you're getting into. And um, Fright Night is actually on the in the upper echelon of uh, of well-executed 80s horror. So, Fright Night was released August 2nd, 1985, with a budget somewhere between 7 million and 900, or 
$7 million and $9.25 million. Uh, a box, it brought in a box office. It brought in the box office $24.9 million. Obviously, there, there was a remake in 2011, which actually received... The uh, 2011 remake of Fright Night surprisingly did well with reviews. I know. I saw it. I don't really remember it. No. Maybe because I was, maybe, I don't know, expecting too much from loving the original so much. But I don't know. I just remember it not being, didn't make too much of a dent, too much of a mark on my. But let's objectively look at it. Colin Firth, yeah, he is a good. That's a good Jerry Dandridge. Yeah, Come on. yeah, it's true. I'd say yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, to his a, sweet turtlenecks and his sweet. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying that. Uh, so yeah, this this movie had a budget of somewhere between seven million to nine point two five million dollars, and brought in uh, twenty four point nine million dollars at the box office. Yeah, I don't know if they even expected it to be a hit, but. Definitely become a cult. Film. Definitely become a cult film. Yeah. Soundtrack is great. Um, the not only just the score, but the actual like um, included, um, I guess band. Mm-hmm. Um, the band contributions. Um, what else we have here? Yeah. So Jay Giles Band. You're familiar with them? No. Freeze Frame. Freeze Frame. Yep. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I know. I know that more than I know Jay Giles Band. So Jay Giles Band was originally kind of like a blues rock band, and then they got into the '80s and came up with Freeze Frame. Um, my blood runs cold. Oh, that's a great song. I love that song. Um, Memory has just been so. My angel is angel is a centerfold. Yeah. That's an anthem. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, April Wine from Bedford. Ian Hunter, another Canadian artist. Um, Devo. Really don't have to say too much about Devo. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a very, very mid 80s soundtrack, uh, reminiscent of um, Footloose at times. You know, it had those like, oh, yeah, that's a good song moments where you're like, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Footloose. You, you can't. You can't That's compare the that ultimate soundtrack. soundtrack. You and I have always said this. <laughs> I, know, but, yeah. I have it on vinyl, and whenever I had people over for the parties pre kids, um, I'd put that one on, and Kyle would always lean into me, probably about three beers in, and he'd go. <laughs> That's the ultimate party album. It is, though. There's so many great songs on that album. Yeah, yeah. the The B side to that album is stellar. Yeah. Um, you can never, ever, 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 oh, ever, man. ever, ever hide <laughs> your heart, you. Yeah. And uh, what's the song? What's the main one? Um, Holding Out for a Hero? Man, oh. such a crazy song. Awesome song. And Footloose will always obviously, get get people bumping. Yes. Yeah. yes. Even Almost Paradise, as much as a cheesy oh, yeah. ballad that Almost it is. Almost Paradise. Yeah. You put that on, people know exactly We're what movie that was from. Heaven's door. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I love that. 
love that. I love that album. I was listening to that the other day. It was great. Do you know what was not included on the album that stuck with me until I owned the album, which was played in Kevin Bacon's car on the tape deck as he's pulling into high school. Mm -hmm. You would have to be listening to it or have watched it enough when you were young to like have that memory burn. Mental health, bang your head by Quiet Riot. Wow. Bang your head. <laughs> Mental health is driving me. <laughs> yeah, because he was like the, you know, he was the, yeah, yeah. um, the ultimate rebel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the music. Well, he came to a town that. Uh, what he represented, the music he was listening to, you know, yeah. what he wanted to do. He you came know. to a town that didn't allow dancing. I know. <laughs> Welcome to Bitch Watch. Hi, I'm Sly. I'm Witsy. And we're two bitches watching TV. We're a recap and shit talk show. That's right. We watch hours and hours and hours of TV, so you don't have to. You can listen and laugh along with us everywhere you listen to podcasts and find us on Instagram and Twitter at BitchWatchPod. Is our show original? No. Entertaining? We hope so. This is Bitch Watch. What's up, dudes? I'm Jerry D. of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, books, fashion, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, he's got it covered. Wait, is there a lot of things to talk about for the 80s and Christmas? Well, you got the movie giants like Christmas Vacation, Scrooge, and A Christmas Story. There are TV specials like Muppet Family Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, and a Garfield Christmas Special. Plus classics shown every year. You also jam out to Last Christmas, Do They Know It's Christmas, and Christmas in Hollis. But most of all, it was a time for the most bodacious, best-selling Christmas toys ever, like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes, them too. We cover them all, plus much more, including standard segments like Hap Hap Happiest Memory, Gagney with the Spoon, The Other Half of the Battle, and Chant with the Littles. So tune in to Totally Rad Christmas everywhere you get your podcasts. Turn the clock back and dive into those warm and fuzzy memories. Later, dudes. Thanks for hanging out with us, watching Fright Night. I'm Matt from Nostalgia Junk Podcast saying, Welcome to Fright Night. For real. <laughs> and I'm Kyle from Nostalgia Junk Podcast saying, <laughs> Oh, you're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> <laughs>